This is episode number 229. How do you prioritize things in your own life? With Lindsay Omers. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lokid, and this is the Overcoming Outs podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few quick announcements. First one being is if you have enjoyed any of the previous episodes or if this is your first time tuning in, consider supporting our cause by making a donation through our website at overcomingodds.today so we can continue creating and sharing these courageous and inspiring conversations. The second announcement that I wanted to make is an invitation to all of our listeners to our upcoming experience called Survive to Thrive Attitude of Gratitude. This is a weekly conversation that is broadcasted live through Facebook and LinkedIn where we explore the topics around the concepts of the connection between gratitude and grief, gratitude and resilience, gratitude and relationships in our lives, and many other topics. If you'd like to know more details about any of these upcoming experiences, please visit our website at overcomingodds.today where you'll be able to find the time and place that each and every single one of these takes place. Last but not least, if you've enjoyed any of the previous episodes, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. Lindsay, welcome to the show. Oleg, such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me today. No, thank you. Thank you for having a podcast prior to the podcast with me. I figured that <laughs> I, I got to hit the record button. Otherwise, we'll just go. And this happened to me so many times by now where I would have just this instant connection with the person. And next thing I know is we're talking for 45 minutes to, to an hour. And then we got to reschedule. And then same thing happens on the reschedule. So we're like rescheduling for the third time. <laughs> It's just a never-ending journey. So I figured that, okay, it's probably best for us to pause, hit the record button, and then continue this conversation about goals, managing of goals, and in particular, the concept of parenting. As I shared with you, one of the most recent relationships I was in, there was, you know, there was a daughter involved and it was just complicated. It was complicated to be able to manage my own expectations and realizations around goal setting, because what I had realized was happening was I went from having all the time and all the freedom in the world to accomplish whatever it is that I aspired for to boom, two hours a day, sometimes one hour a day. And I started to realize and gain a different perspective and a level of appreciation for parents who are able to actually juggle things like that and make it work. But part of making it work, and maybe that's a question for you to start off, is what does that even mean? How do you even process the whole concept of uh, you make it work? Uh, I, it, things have to happen. Uh, it, it's kind of like a, if you've ever seen a triage 
nurse, right? And and they have to reprioritize. It's all about reprioritizing. Um, and time is incredibly, incredibly precious. Um, I'm a parent. I'm not only a parent, I'm a single parent. So that means double duty. It means wh wherever there may have been a separate set of hands to, to you know, lend assistance, that, that doesn't exist. It's me or there's nothing. Uh, mm. And so there are times where you, you really just make the choice. You have to say, you know, where where is it that I can cut something back um, and what is really being asked of me? Because I think that there's a difference um, when something is wanted versus when something is really like needed. Uh, mm -hmm. And so you, you, you tend to make those, those choices um, based on the need and then uh, uh, look for the ways to incorporate the wants as best as you can. Mm -hmm. Do you find yourself as part of that journey sacrificing like putting certain things on the back burner so to speak and if so how do you how do you define that that okay this is a goal that i don't have to accomplish now even though it might have been your burning desire prior to the circumstance changing um well the first thing is i remind myself every day uh i i chose to be a parent and that that was something that i did that i conscientiously stepped into and, and not every parenting situation is like that some parents are surprised with with bundles <laughs> of joy <laughs> you know you have these like life transitions and it's like boom surprise you have all of these new obligations um mine was very deliberate you know mm -hmm. i planned for this i discussed this um i it, it was a it, it was impromptu it was around health concerns that i had and they said well you better do this or you're never going to going to get a chance to do it and it was something that i chose to do even though it was a little bit uh more of a tense situation there was a little bit more of a clock ticking but i knew going into it um from you know i'm the oldest of five children i had also dated partners in the past who had children and lived as a parent before um, making the choice to become a parent for myself um, outside of that relationship so i knew going in that this was going to come with a whole separate set of considerations so when i'm in at the spot where i need to make a choice i remind myself that this was my choice. Um, and one of the other things that, that I've learned, especially as somebody who's gotten older, is that the time, the, the time's relative, right? So the, the time mm -hmm. that it feels for me um, that I need to, to do or say or, or have or get things is very, very different from the time as it's experienced through a tiny human. Uh, and tiny humans are on their own set of things. I, I have, I joke, right? I have I have pairs of shoes that are 25 years old, right? Like, I, it doesn't, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like, like, oh, I love those. I've had those shoes for years. They're my favorite shoes. I've had them mended. I have, my, my son's five. And so when you put that into perspective, I have a very, very short amount of time with him at these developmental stages. And being somebody who works in psychology and understands that and teaches human development and understands, you know, the the way that his tiny mind is working right now, it gives it a sense of uh, preciousness that uh, helps me to shift back into um, putting that time and energy first. And it doesn't, it's a sacrifice. It's always gonna feel like a sacrifice. But when I remember that, when I remember that it was a choice and that this time is special and that it's very, very brief, 
it's, it takes some of the burn away, you know, <laughs> you're not hurting so bad. If I have to wait two years to do something, okay, I wait two years, but that'll be two years of my tiny humans. Life. I'm never going to get back. And it's mm-hmm. so precious and they're learning so much. Okay. I'm, I'm going to shift gears. I got to put that off, but, but I know that, you know, that this was the right choice for me because this was what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself that in knowing what you do, the field that you work in, does that add additional pressure when it comes to being the quote unquote perfect or as best parent that you can be? No, I don't think so. Not for me, perhaps maybe for some people, but I, I enjoy my, my errors. I enjoy, I enjoy every time I mess up. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to curse on the show. So I'm always like, I'm allowed to mess up. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I look forward to the times that I mess up. I think for me, I feel privileged to have insights that maybe other parents don't have, or I can take that shift back and view mm-hmm. the behavior from a clinical standpoint or from an educational standpoint or a developmental standpoint. Um, and it gives me a chance to be proactive instead of reactive, mm. you know, and, and to really be present in a way that I don't think a lot of other parents get. Is there a pressure to be perfect? I think that's true for every parent mm-hmm. um, or for most parents, you know, I, I don't linger there. I don't, I don't stay there. Um, Cause I, 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 well, I like myself enough to, to know that my, <laughs> I know my, <laughs> my flaws are going to get passed down and mm-hmm. my mess ups are quirky and educational mostly. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and he will be too. And no matter one of the important things I know is, you know, the nature nurture argument, right? That how much of this is really going to be me and how much of this stuff is going to be him. And I, I can sit back and say, you know, some of this is him. Like some of, some of this is who he is and me trying to impose this, whatever onto him and getting into these struggles or not making this look just right. That doesn't help anybody. All it does is add anxiety and stress to a situation. I'd rather cultivate like a little garden, right? And if I really see a weed that needs pulling, I'll di- I'll pull it out. But I want I want the nature of it all to to be its own messy beauty. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think to a degree, to a degree, I don't know if it's even possible to know which one is going to be one and which one is going to be the other. I think that's one of the things that I personally have a challenge with, and that is. Oftentimes, when there's that question of what is it that your parents passed on to you and what is it that you chose to develop as a habit of your own, I have no idea. I have no idea how their actions actually impacted me. And I mean, there's certain things I can pinpoint as far as the level of support that they provided for me and the actions that they chose in being kind. But still, I had to embrace those behaviors. I had to accept those as behaviors that I wanted to create in my life. So to a degree, they could have done all these wonderful things, but unless I chose to kind of pick this one and pick that one and implement them within my life, it's irrelevant. It, it doesn't matter. So I, I think that there is a, you're right. It's an interesting question as far as what gets passed down and what develops as part of their own being but I guess for me, the question is, why is it important to know who it comes from or why it is the way that it is? I think that's, I, that's one of the, the basic you know, tenets of psychology to understand 
right? Mm -hmm. to, to understand thoughts, feelings, and behaviors as it relates to humans um, and to, to get a better understanding, at least, you know, as, as somebody who, who's in clinical work, to get a better understanding of where, um, when there are things that need to be changed. Um, and again, you, you make a great point about agency, right? It's all about agency. It's about how much you have chosen to take in from either role. Cause I think we do have things that are inherently us that we can choose to work against or to, you know, to challenge at times, if that's what is in our higher purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, and there, there are, you know, things that we absorb from our environments. Um, but it, it, again, it comes, it comes down to choice. And I think when it becomes, you know, the question of, of why and where is typically when we want to go back and figure out, um, how to remedy something. Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel like you didn't have a choice or the power of choice in life? Oh, uh, several times. Um, but mostly as a young, younger human, um, mm -hmm. mostly as a younger human, because yeah, I had, um, I came from a family where there was a lot of abuse, where there was a lot of violence, where there was a lot of, um, substance use and substance abuse. There were, um, issues with law enforcement and with, uh, you know, child services. So at those points, I felt very, very powerless and I didn't have the skill set really, um, you know, at, at a much younger age to, 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 to figure out, uh, what I wanted to take in. You're just, you're this neuro sponge, right? You're just, mm -hmm. you're just absorbing all of the things. And when the things mm -hmm. aren't good, you can feel very overwhelming. And I don't, I think that was when I felt that the most, but as I grew older, um, and I, I kind of stepped into my ability to make those choices for myself, it gave me a lot of freedom. It gave me a lot of power. It, it can be really vulnerable and scary at times, right? Because it, it's all, it's on you at the end of the day. Like you got, you have to make those choices and you have to, um, you know, do all of those things mm -hmm. that you set out to do. And then you actually have to go, you know, make mm -hmm. something of them. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest thing that I think I've learned along my journey is that it all does boil down on you. Mm -hmm. Everything in regard to accountability and responsibility and whatever it is that you desire for, as far as changes or goals go, it's, it's, it's all your journey mm -hmm. and no one else's. And I, I think it's a, it's a double-edged sword. It's kind of like a blessing and a curse because then there's no one else to not even necessarily blame, but acknowledge but yourself, like if certain things didn't get done, well, there is a person that you can turn to and that's yourself and understand why is it that certain things didn't get done. Now, I will say that I wasn't always like that. There were times when I blamed other people and other people's circumstances and, you know, having a conversation with someone that lasted an hour longer. And then here I am standing there and thinking like, man, I can't believe they did that. When the reality of the matter is I allowed that. Right. That was my choice, my decision mm -hmm. to make those things happen. So I, I find that fascinating how there is that power of choice that is available. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it is, there are little choices and we neglect to give those little choices, the kind of power that they really had. Right. So in, in your instance, where you stayed for an hour longer somewhere, mm -hmm. well, you made, you made the choice that either upsetting them or, you know, asserting yourself was less important than walking away to do whatever it was that you had intended to do before it got derailed. Now mm -hmm. it might not be conscious. You didn't think that maybe at the forefront. So it takes time and skills to kind of 
work it back and say, what happened there? Why am I upset? Why do I feel like a boundary was crossed? And then to realize that was a boundary I didn't keep for myself because I needed to walk away and I didn't Mm -hmm. do that for me. Mm -hmm. Do you find yourself now within the journey as you're trying to find different ways to create more time for some of the goals and everything that you have while also being a parent and everything else that you mentioned, do you find that you are going back in time and in your past and trying to dissect some of those small choices that you made that led you to where you are now? Or how do you, how do you process this now? Um, to make more time. I don't, I don't think about that stuff now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I thought about that stuff in, you know, as a therapist who's been in therapy, <laughs> I think I thought about that stuff a long time ago. Uh, now, when I think about time, what I, what I really try to do is um I I try to again I to 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 prioritize um I'll I'll say this there are times right so I'll give you an example there Mm -hmm. are times when I need to go back and do a little bit of a self-assessment but it's when the choices that I've made in that moment uh become choices that have longer term consequences for, for me or for my, my family. Um, so they, this is a, this is a, a fun and relevant and sometimes happens example where I have a deadline at work, right? I have deadlines. Mm-hmm. I have grades. Um, I have my child who needs to get up and ready for school in the morning. Uh, but he also, he needs to eat dinner. Uh, he needs to take a bath. He needs to get put down to bed, which is usually about a 30 to 45 minute process. Mm-hmm. So if I have to cook and then I have to clean and I have to put him in the bath and I have to get him ready for bed, we're talking three and a half, maybe four hours of my night is gone, but I still have that deadline. It's still at 9 a.m. And I still have mm-hmm. grading to do. Uh, and I still you know, have all of the other things. I, I still have stuff that I have to do for myself outside of those things. Um, and, you know, I will make the choice again, I'm not necessarily recommending this, but I have, and will, and will likely again in the future, make the choice to say, I guess I'm pulling an all nighter. And the only way to get all of this done is to sacrifice something. And the only thing to sacrifice here when what I need is time is the time that I spend on sleeping. And what's mm-hmm. that going to do? Like long-term costs and benefits, right? Mm-hmm. How, what, how is that going to affect me? How does that affect my mood the next day? How does that affect my health? Um, you know, how, what are, what are the effects of, you know, intermittent sleepness, sleeplessness for the, for the sake of getting all the things done? Um, and then what, when I have to weigh, you know, that, that pebble, right? Because it, it, for me, it becomes a pebble. Mm-hmm. When I have to weigh that pebble against the potential of missing deadlines at work, which could put me in a hot, hot water. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's not that I procrastinated. It was literally that you know, a, a project was put on to me that this has to be done mm-hmm. in the next 24 hours. And I got it that morning. You know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't a case of like poor planning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the planning was fine. It's just an emergency situation. I also have my, all of my classes that I have to grade for. So I, when I think about, I cannot get my grades in, right? <laughs> which would be really bad. I could not meet a deadline, which would also be really bad. I could not take care of my kid and just be like, all right, kid, you're on your own. Like, <laughs> here's some fish, fish crackers. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll send you to school in some dirty underwear. It's fine. It's just one day, right? Like, I'm not okay with that. So like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, gonna put them in clean underwear and I'm gonna give them food because like, that's what you do. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also get all this stuff done and I sacrifice the sleep. So that was actually something that happened recently. I, I pulled an all nighter. I'm like, all right, 
can I, can I afford to do that right now? Like, what does that really look like? And what does that look like when you're almost 40? Cause like when you're like 24 and you pull an all-nighter, like it's not the same as when you're 40 and you pull an all-nighter, which really feels like binge drinking when you're 40. If you haven't had a good night's sleep, you're like, what happened? Mm. Like how, am, how am I functioning today? <laughs> Why does my head hurt? I'm really irritated all the day, like the whole rest of the day. <laughs> so I, I think it's stuff like that where, you know, I, uh, I'll do an assessment. And if I do it too many times, right? If I've, if I pulled an all nighter too many times, or if, if I feel like things are becoming overwhelming too many times, I'll take that step back and I will reflect and I'll say, where is it okay for me to take this from me Mm -hmm. versus putting something up and saying like, I need assistance with it's available uh, because sometimes it's not available. And, you know, every once in a while is fine. If I need to pull an all nighter to get stuff done, it, it sucks, but you know, it's life when Mm -hmm. you're pulling things solo. Uh, When you're on the other side of the country away from friends and family, and you have zero people that you know, and you're working in a pandemic and you have a small child that's like in your face. Uh, (laughs) There's a lot of, there's a lot of components here. Um, Was there a place where I could have asked for help? Um, And if not, uh, or if so, then uh, why was it more okay for me to take sleep from myself than to go and reach and ask for assistance. So those are reflections that I'll mm-hmm. do to make sure that, you know, I am also advocating for myself. Um, but I don't tend to look back too much in mm-hmm. that way. Where I will look back though, is when I'm parenting, uh, because, uh, you know, they don't, they don't say this in a lot of parenting books, but anytime you bring a tiny human up whatever stuff you were going through at that age is like it is just like red lights flashing in your face because you go all the way back to that point at these moments right so with him that's when I'll do more of that reflection work and I'll say like why like why why am I reacting this way oh I think you know I had an experience at this age that turned out negatively and I'm like hyper vigilant about it not being that way for him right sending your Mm -hmm. kid to dirty underwear was the oldest of five uh we were you know there was a hardship there financially so I had tattered clothes you know we were showering in bathrooms when you know there were no places to go uh you know there, there were periods of time where the entire family was did not have a residence. Um, and so having that as my background, I can be pretty like, well, you know, he has to have a bath and he has to have a, a full meal. Like, can I, can I make him a sandwich? Do I have to like make him pork chops and like mashed potatoes with like a side of asparagus or do I need to bake a salmon tonight? Or is he fine with a turkey sandwich? <laughs> like mm-hmm. if I start hyper fixating on like, no, he needs this. I'll take that step back and I'll do the reflection. I'll be like, oh, this is a me thing. This isn't really a him thing. Cause he'll be fine. <laughs> I heard an interesting perspective from a friend of mine. He said that the first half, you learn what it is that you had to learn. And then the second half of life, you start unlearning those things. Now, I'm not at the second half of life. I I hope not, just not yet, where I'm unlearning a lot of it, but I'm doing both actively. And I'm finding that there's a lot of truth in that. Do you find yourself to be in similar shoes? Uh, To do unlearning again, I, Mm -hmm. I started down this path pretty early. Uh, so I do think that there's a lot of unlearning to do. I think I had a lot of help in uh, my 20s when I had folks who modeled something different for me, and that was more mm-hmm. of a struggle. Um, so when I saw different ways of doing things than what I had been taught, it was a big eye opener for me to shift as well. Um, you know, it, sometimes you 
you don't know what you don't know. And if you're mm-hmm. raised in a certain environment, you don't know that you need to work on it yet until you put yourself in a different spot where those skills are not helpful. Again, like those skills don't serve your higher purpose, your higher self, and that, that needs a little bit of examination. Um, nowadays, I, I, I'm, I'm in a much better place, I think. I think there's still... Um, there's, there's fallout from recent, from, like I said, my recent divorce, there's still fallout. So there's that. Um, I do a lot of, I do a lot of that when I re-examine the, uh, the old relationship. I think that there's mm. a lot of re-examining there in my, in my, my personal and professional lives outside of that though. Um, I think in my previous relationship was where, you know, that most of that reflection and introspection and, and transition and change really needed to happen. Um, and eventually it did, right? When did you start to understand that when it comes to relationships, it's not a one-way street, that it's, it's both parties that are oftentimes either at, at fault, in the wrong, whichever way you want to label it? Um, I, I don't know if I can pinpoint a moment in time. Um, you know, I, I, I've been in and out of, you know, I, relationships with partners for the last, you know, how, how, how old am I now? 20, years. I've spent uh, uh, in and out of relationships with other mm-hmm. humans. Um, I think there was a point. So uh, my best friend is also one of my exes from high school. So we started as boyfriend and girlfriend in Hyatt with where I was 15. Um, and that was a real turning point for me. Uh, our relationship was fantastic in so many, so many ways, and we weren't meant to be partners. But it, it was one of those moments where we both gave and we both took in our own ways mm. at different times. And it wasn't an exact exchange, right? And it was never transactional. It was very natural. Uh, and so it was a great point for, for me to have that realization where um, both of us were contributing and both of us were getting something out of that. And I think that's the closest uh, of when I think, I, you know, that two-way street um, analogy is really appropriate for, mm-hmm. for my own development. Do you believe that there is only quote unquote one person or the, the whole concept of finding the right one? Oh, no, not at or, all. Or do you believe that it's possible to have that with, what, what, what's really the difference? Is it possible to have that thing with whoever, or is there truly just that one quote unquote soulmate? I, okay. I don't, I, I don't necessarily believe in soulmates per se. I believe mm-hmm. in statistically significant others. <laughs> I, I believe that there are things in in life and and folks that you will connect with in a way that is significant outside of just you know randomness or random folks on the street there there's mm-hmm. more connection uh with certain individuals i don't think that there's just one um i think that you can find those folks and i think that for i feel fortunate again i feel really fortunate to have fallen in love many times, Mm -hmm. many times. Um, And small variables here and there were the difference between those folks and I remaining together as romantic partners or as friends for the rest of our lives. Because I do have a number of partners who uh, I was with previously who are now their lifelong friends. Mm -hmm. It was just not the the way or the nature that um, that relationship was meant to go. I think that's 
that's part of it. I think a lot of it has to do with these timing and these very small variables. But I think that those connections are, um, I think that there are multiple. Uh, I, I think that it, it changes depending on where you are in your life. Um, because I have fallen in love at 17 and I have fallen in love at 27 and I have mm -hmm. fallen in love at 37 mm -hmm. and the things that I wanted at each of those phases were very different and the people that I chose at each of those phases were very different because of where I was mm -hmm. so I think depending on where you are um, that that person is going to look a lot different mm. Lindsay what are some ways that people can connect with you and do you have anything that's coming up within your work that people can be a part of Yes. So um, I have a podcast. It, uh, it has an expletive in it. So if you have sensitive ears, uh, mind them. Uh, it's called <laughs> Fuck These Feelings. It is a uh, edutainment podcast where I talk about mental health um, from a, a socially conscious perspective. And um, I am reachable on LinkedIn under Lindsay O'Mears. You can find me there. You can reach out if you're interested in being a guest or give me show ideas. I love feedback, positive, negative, and anything in between is an opportunity for growth. So uh, reach out to me there and you can email me at L-S-O-M-E-I-R-S. That's L-S-O-Mears at realtalktherapist.com. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider supporting our cause by making a donation through our website at overcomingodds.today so we can continue creating and sharing these courageous and inspiring conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next time. Thank you.